Okay, good afternoon. This is Richard Shu, host of Shu Untied. Uh, today I'm very pleased and honored to have with me as my guest, Larry Sonsini, who's the founder, chairman, and CEO of Wilson Sonsini. Larry, welcome to the show. Richard, great to be here. Nice to meet you. So, Larry, you obviously are a legendary lawyer, Wilson Sonsini. If there's any one firm that's associated with Silicon Valley, it's Wilson. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you started in Silicon Valley and how you started this firm. Well, it's a, it's a great uh, story. I'm very fortunate uh, I was at uh, Bolt Hall at Berkeley Law and uh, heard from one of my professors uh, about uh, the growth of an interesting industry down here in the peninsula, something (laughs) called venture capital. And there was uh, a lawyer down here by the name of John Wilson, Um, just a wonderful, wonderful person. He was about 25 years my senior, came out of uh, the East Coast, went to law school at Yale with... uh, people like Gerald Ford and others. Uh, And uh, he came and and asked to talk to me, and I visited him. And he had this vision that uh, there's an industry that's really starting to take off here, uh, the tech industry. And uh, I was very interested in corporate law and security law. I thought I was going to places like New York uh, and whatnot. but he said to me, if you, if you join me, we have an opportunity to try to build something. Hmm. And I found that extremely intriguing. It was risky, uh, but that was the beginning. Hmm. And uh, Richard, we were fortunate because at that time, and this was 1966, uh, things were really starting to be put in place here in the Valley. Uh, we started working very uh, early on with some of the very first venture capitalists. And it was really uh, a very tight community uh, of early VCs and early entrepreneurs. Some of the people like Bob Noyce that founded Intel mm-hmm. uh, and Al Shugart who started Seagate and, and that group. And we um, had the vision, um, I in particular, to to build a law firm that would be focused primarily on representing technology-based enterprises and and the money that funded them. Hmm. And that was the concept. Hmm. And when you started this, did it seem like a scary thing to do? Or I mean, you're just out of law school? Or did it not seem actually that scary? I mean, how did it feel like when you, when you started this firm? You know, firm? I don't know if I remember entirely. And obviously, being young and I uh, was married and just had a child on the way, uh, I think there were many things uh, that were all forward-looking. So I think it was more energizing, more exciting than, than, than fear. Of course, there was the normal anxiety of going with a startup, a new firm, uh, without the infrastructure of a, a large law firm. But I think there were trade-offs. Hmm. Now, when you look back, obviously, it's now been what a number of years. Obviously, Wilson's you know very super successful firm. When you kind of look back, you know what what are sort of the two or three things that kind of leap out at you that are sort of really the highlights? I mean, I know there's a lot of them, but are there are there two or three that kind of really just sort of stand out when you reflect upon it a little bit? I think so, but they mirror the growth of Silicon Valley. What what I uh, see as really. Uh, uh, a historic catalyst for the growth of the firm were the changes in the technology industry themselves. So uh, certainly uh, in the in the 70s, it was all about silicon uh, and peripheral devices around silicon. Um, but when we 
entered the 80s um, and, and the focus is on computers, I think that that was a major inflection point. Um, in my career in the firm, it was representing Steve Jobs and taking Apple public in 1981. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a, a very sea change in technology that was a sea change for the firm. We now knew that we had to build a large enterprise to be able to scale with a client uh, such as Apple. And, and then during the 80s, there were a number of other computer companies that came about, uh, just uh, to name a few, Sun Microsystems, for example, or Conversion Technology, so many. And the industry charted, started to shift again uh, towards uh, software-based companies and storage-based companies. And those were inflection points. Uh, and another one was the 90s, uh, you know, not only with the growth of biotech and life sciences, but also with the Internet. Uh, and, and I look back and I, I, I look at some of the iconic companies that reflected technology change that I was able to represent, that we were able to represent. And when you look at the Apple public offering, uh, the Sun Microsystems offering, uh, certainly, uh, you know, the Google offering, the Tesla offering, uh, each of those reflect technology dynamic changes that served as a catalyst to continue to expand the firm and add other great disciplines and great talent. Mm. When you first started the firm, obviously, you probably didn't know how, how this was going to go. You obviously, I assume, didn't know exactly how it was going to evolve. But was there a certain point at which you, real, where you thought to yourself, wow, I'm, you know, I'm really on to something or this thing really is going to take off? I mean, was there a point at which you kind of realized that? No, you know, I think it, it's been a constant evolution. I, I don't think, I, I, even today, I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. I feel that... Uh, you know, now it's it's Wilson Sonsini 2.0, mm -hmm. and how is that going to change? Uh, and how do how does our leadership change? How does our culture evolve to to continue to scale? So I've always looked at it as a evolutionary strategic plan, mm -hmm. uh, staying true to a fundamental culture, uh, staying true to a fundamental business model strategy but being flexible enough to adapt to change. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's how I look at it and have always looked at it. Mm -hmm. Now, when you work with startups, um, I assume you, I mean, what stage of the startups or the, as, the, as you see the company grow is kind of your favorite? Do you like it when it's you know, really early? Do you like it when it finally is successful and does an IPO or is acquired? I mean, is, is there a certain stage of, the, of, a, of a startup company that is sort of your personal favorite? That's a great question. And I must tell you the answer is all over the place. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love uh, working with an early-stage entrepreneur on getting a, a great new concept off the ground and developing scale. On the other hand, I love the other end of the spectrum, representing a large, dynamic public enterprise, doing dynamic things, whether they be mergers and acquisitions or creative financing, or, or dealing with just with the challenges of the evolution of business, you know, being in the boardroom and, and dealing with the uh, potholes and challenges that, that companies face. I think that's the beauty of this kind of business and this kind of law is it because uh, although the companies grow and change, many times uh, the questions are the same. Mm. It's only the answers that are different mm. as they scale. Mm. And so you can run a menu of uh, start to big uh, and, and find excitement along the way. Mm. 
Now, you've obviously worked with hundreds of companies, hundreds of startups. Is it just as fun today as it was when you first started, or has some of the, I mean, has some of the... No, absolutely. It's as much fun today. Uh, the technologies and the companies and the globalization of it all um, keeps it very, very exciting. And I think now today, with so many disruptive technologies, with so much capital being available, with changes in the global markets, with the evolution of corporate governance, it, it, it really is, I think, uh, the best of times. Um, I, I must say that technology has commoditized a lot of the legal business Mm. as it has other businesses, mm. but it's only put a premium upon experience and judgment. Mm. And the issues today, as I say, uh, although the questions are the same, uh, the answers are much more complex, mm. much more challenging. Mm. Uh, there are so many unintended consequences of decisions that you make today that I find the practice the most dynamic right now. What would John Wilson say if he, if he, if he, could, if he were alive today and saw how, how Wilson's doing? Oh, knowing John, he'd say bravo, you know, his, his philosophy and advice to me always was follow the client. Hmm. And that has been really the business plan. I hmm. uh, Map out what it is, we'll represent enterprises at all stages of growth with a predominance in technology, and we will adjust our practices and our disciplines and our products based upon where the client takes us. Hmm. And I and try to hear to that today. It's a challenging business model. Mm -hmm. It's a very challenging business model because the lawyers and disciplines you need to represent a startup and the economics of that model uh, on their face are not very attractive, mm. are much different than the disciplines and the economics uh, and the sophistication you need in representing a multi-billion dollar global enterprise. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and, and so you, you have to have a culture that allows you to span that uh, agenda and that difference. And that is challenging. Mm -hmm. That's, that's uh, we, I think, are remain unique mm -hmm. uh, in that regard. It's taken a, a number of years and a lot of work to evolve it. Mm -hmm. Now, when you started Wilson Sunstein, did you have any idea on, you know, what kind of size firm it was going to be? Or did you have any goals that you wanted to be a certain size? Or, or what, did you have, what, you know, what kind of goals uh, did you have uh, about the firm when you started? You know, Richard, um, I remember early on, and early on, let's say, would be uh, after I was in the practice maybe uh, eight or ten years, that uh, <clears throat> we had something. But what we needed is scale. We needed a litigation department. Mm. We needed an M&A department. We needed uh, the disciplines uh, with the depth in uh, uh, technology transactions. Uh, and so many other areas. That light bulb went off very early for me. Hmm. And I then uh, w went on the road to recruit. And, and, and that's when there was a shift in the firm of where I knew I could not grow it organically hmm. all the way. Hmm. You had to go out and hire top lateral talent that was willing, A, to move to the West Coast, that would get excited about this type of practice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and this type of client. Mm -hmm. And and I think the, that was the most challenging thing and it was the most rewarding thing mm -hmm. because I was able, fortunately we were able, to bring together so much diverse talent. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, once that was in place, to turn the spigot to organic growth. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you've been super successful practice and everything. Obviously, you've worked with a lot of startups. Did you ever, I know a lot of some lawyers, you know, wanted to become a venture capitalist. Is that something you ever wanted to do at some point or, or to have you done that? Or tell me a little bit about, about that. You know, uh, I must tell you, uh, I've been fortunate to have those opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, but uh, it, it really never really entered my mind very deeply. Hmm. I think that I'm fortunate to um, have a great type of practice and at the same time to have been um, a leader of such a great group of people with such a a business uh, model that requires constant adaptation. So I've always viewed myself as a combination lawyer, business person, Banker. I mean, it required all those disciplines. Mm. Uh, but no, I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm into my 51st year doing this. <laughs> and I must tell you, I'm as energized as I've ever been. That's pretty cool. What do you see for the future of Wilson? I mean, what, what, where do you want to see this go? That's I, a great... I, that's I know a, you're a young man, but <laughs> where... <laughs> well, you know, that is a very timely, great question because that's something I've been working on. Uh, I call it... Uh, WSGR 2.0, mm-hmm. and that is uh, now we we you know we're we're going to approach a billion dollars in revenue. We are uh, almost 800 lawyers out of 15 different offices uh, with basically the same business model in an industry that is becoming more dynamic. It's becoming more competitive. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more price sensitive, and it's being commoditized. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, where I see it is that we, we um, you know, uh, change our business uh, approaches and our systems uh, and, and yet maintain our culture to scale to the next level. Hmm. Uh, to me, now, it's all about sustainability uh, and longevity uh, without compromising the culture or the, or the business model. And that is uh, a, a challenging task. Hmm. Well, I, I think you sort of inherently answered this question, but I assume there's nothing else. There's not another thing you'd like to do other than being a lawyer. I'm assuming that you, you've you've probably cons- if you if you were going to do something else, you probably would have already done it. I'm assuming. Yeah, so. I, I think I've got my hands and plate full, uh, <laughs> and you know, I will obviously do other things that are complementary. I will serve on um, certain university boards. Um, I will. Uh, chair certain colloquiums uh, and and do what other lawyers uh, like me do uh, to at the same time try to help the industry uh, to try to be a contributor to the industry uh, to try to be a contributor to the community I think that is probably the next thing I'm I'm building on but uh, it's not changing who I am or where I am Well, Larry, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your taking the time. I'd love to come back and check in with you a few years later and see how Wilson Sonsini 2.0 is doing. Let's do it. It'll be a fun time. And thank you, Richard. This is Richard Chu and Larry Sonsini. Thanks. Thanks.